In kindness always is a way of being, growing and evolving. Your words, actions and contribution are your global heart print, your legacy. Welcome to the In Kindness Always podcast. I'm Amanda Mackay, sound healer and kindness advocate. This is where we create conversations, spark ideas and explore your emotional evolution. This is a really exciting episode. I have been so looking forward to this. We have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest on today. We do. David Laws, the famous flower man. Oh, my God, I love (laughs) this man. If anyone has followed David, you will know what I'm talking about. He has the most extraordinary stories and posts and insights and his energy is just glorious (laughs) so we're going to say hello now to David so welcome 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 hello 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 hi ladies oh my god what an intro you must have got the check in the mail I tell you what (laughs) (laughs) and I've got I've got a really good publicist (laughs) I just love you I just love your work it's just so beautiful so, oh, thank you, darling. Oh, you're welcome. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I would love to share uh, a little bit about you with everybody and then they can really hear your amazing stories. Like we're going to talk about manifesting, what you yep. do, how you keep your beautiful energy going and all of that sort of stuff. So. Would you like to just tell people a little bit about what it is that you do and and how did you find your gift? I know, my gosh! Look, it's all intriguing, and I'm I'm still in awe and um, wonderment about how this has all come about for me. Because to um, share with you, beautiful listeners out there, and hi, ladies and gentlemen, lovely to chat to you all. Um, I I I do pretty crazy, beautiful work. Um, it's quite unique what I'm involved in. I'm a full time professional psychic. Uh, some people say psycho, but I like to think psychic. <laughs> and, um, and the beautiful thing about that is that uh, I became aware of my psychic gift when I was quite young. And, I mean, I fiddled, battled around with it when I was a kid and had, you know, a few little experiences here and there, thought nothing much of it. Most people have got, you know, gifts of intuition and uh, psychic abilities to a degree, but don't really do much with it. And so it was with me. Without sort of boring with a whole entire story, I for me, uh, commenced my spiritual path and journey in a more um, conscious way in my, I guess, around my early mid-20s when I, it really became a, a thing that I had to know more and feel more and see more and explore more about what this beautiful work was all about. And as uh, most people can appreciate that were there at the time, back in the 1980s, there was no such thing as the internet. It didn't exist. So all we had, we lived in a world of books. Yeah. and messages, and if we were lucky enough to meet people who were a part of a group and the world was a huge, big planet, unlike today where it's just a tiny village because of the advent of the internet. So anyway, long story short, I was very blessed and privileged to meet a beautiful lady uh, out where I used to live at uh, Campbelltown in New South Wales, and uh, very sadly, my uh, beautiful late teacher has long since passed and uh, from this beautiful mortal coil. Uh, but she was a great inspiration for me, and she introduced me to the concept of flower reading. And, oh, my gosh, you would so have loved to have met my beautiful late teacher because she was the quintessential Okarozzi lady from the western suburbs of Sydney, out where I used to live at the time. And Denise, God love her, she had three loves in life. She loved spirituality, a windfield blue cigarette, and Tic Tac. And that's what she lived on. And very eighties. Very eighties love. Very eighties. I'm telling you. And uh, anyway, I met this lady, and it was quite crazy because one of the first things she said to me, she said, "Love, who is that bloke standing beside you?" She had this quintessential Okarozzi accent. She was such a lovely lady, but as down to earth and as real as they come. And that's what I love about people who are very down to earth and real. I only do real. I only do down to earth. Love it. Got no time for all the fluff and all the, all the rubbish. But anyway, all that aside, Denise was as real as they came. And uh, she said, who's the bloke standing beside her? I said, I don't know. Well, what are you talking about? She said, oh, love, I forgot to tell you. She said, I'm a psychic. I'm a medium. And I can tell you there's a bloke standing beside you. And he's telling me all your message, 
all these messages for you. And I said, well, like what? She said, he's telling me to tell you that one day you'll reap flowers to thousands and thousands of people. And I just laughed and giggled and said, wow, that's cool. Who's your drug dealer? Wow. (laughs) And she said, love, I'm telling you, I'm serious. And I went, what? Anyway, long story short, uh, she invited me over to her house. And it was so hilarious because she was standing there puffing on a weird pickle blue cigarette. She's coughing away. She said, love, I reckon you should come to my house next Tuesday night. And I said, why is that? She's going, <laughs> she said, because I run a healing group. <laughs> she was, <laughs> Not the she usual image of healers. <laughs> she was, oh, my God. For those listeners out there who are familiar with Captain Kim, she was straight <laughs> out of the page of Captain Kim. And uh, but a gorgeous, gorgeous soul. And like I said, sadly, she has passed. And uh, I only wish that she had lived long enough to see her protege uh, move through all the realms that she explained to me all those decades ago and uh, it's all come to fruition and come true. So to sort of take you into the next stage of my uh, path in my life, I guess, I had normal jobs, inverted commas, and businesses through the course of my life and was very successful at them all. I never realized that the psychic work or the, the, the work of the, well, not so much the psychic work, I mean, that is my work, but the awakened path, the spiritual path was my calling. I didn't realize until I was, uh, in fact, I, um, was a, I reached a crisis point in my life, as many people do in their mid-late 40s. Lots of people go through all sorts of crisis yeah. points and um, points in their life when they realize that uh, life isn't what they wanted or expected and uh, they feel challenged by that. And consequently, some major life changes and challenges can uh, can come out of that, and that's exactly what happened to me. So as a consequence of that, it was around about the age of 49 after living a very successful and, you know, happy life, uh, being married for 20 years, one of the most beautiful ladies that God ever put breath into, my beautiful former wife, Lisa. I don't like to refer to her as an ex because an ex is old. I've conjured up all those, she's my ex or he's my ex. My beautiful former wife is uh, still to this day one of my greatest friends. In fact, she's one of my one of my one of one of my many soulmates, and uh, that I have in my life. And she's just a lovely lady. Anyway, at the age of uh, forty-seven, I came out as a gay guy after twenty years of marriage, and it was my truth. And uh, as as great as it sounded to uh, to be in the sense of you know discovering my my truth and my freedom and expressing that, my life actually crashed and crumbled around me because I just fell into a massive depression. Uh, my family life was over that I knew. We have, Lisa and I have a beautiful, beautiful daughter who's now uh, grown up and married. And I'm about to become a granddad in a couple of months, so I'm so excited about that. And uh, our beautiful daughter and her husband uh, live in uh, Sydney as well. Um, but as a consequence of me going through all of this, I just lost my way in life. Uh, I also remember, guys, this occurred around the time of the financial crisis, the global financial crisis. Back in the, the, oh, what, 2008, 2009, uh, thankfully, I, even though Lisa and I had very amicably uh, settled our divorce, um, you know, financially, the girls uh, left and moved back to Sydney. Within a month or two of them moving back to Sydney, I hit the skids. I lost everything, absolutely everything. My car was repossessed. Uh, all the money that I'd had uh, invested in a few different um uh, opportunities at all evaporated and I was left with little more than the clothes on my back, a couple of pairs of shoes I had no money, I had no job I had no business, the business I was involved in had evaporated and uh, I had been self-employed for 20 years at that point, I'm oh, sorry, around about 12 years and there was just, I had nowhere to go nowhere to turn, I didn't know what to do and I just fell into a heap so just to get into the point of how to manifest your way back from misery I've got to tell you guys, at the age of 49, I had $49 left in my wallet. How about that? In fact, I think that should be the title of my book, yeah. 49 bucks for 49 years. That's extreme. And where do you go? And, and you know what? Most people would think, well, Jesus, if you haven't got your, you know, your stuff together and got your kids together by the age of 50, well, you're washed up and you're going to be tossed out and hung out to dry and you'll never, ever get back. Well, do you know what? I'm here to tell everyone It doesn't matter where you are, who you are, how old you are, what your circumstances are. You can change your life. You can manifest your way into and out of anything. And I'm living proof of that. That's beautiful. And on that manifestation side of things too, my lovely friends, people look at me today. And I mean, for the people that weren't back there in my time, they look at me now and they look at the beautiful apartment that I own, where I live and 
my two beautiful classic cars that I've got, my two pride and joy uh, cars that I have, and, and the wonderful life that I've manifested all through the work of spirit. And I just find it hard to believe that only, uh, well, actually only 10 years ago, it was exactly 10 years ago that I was on Skid Row. And yet mm-hmm. 10 years later, I'm in a better position now than perhaps I've ever, ever been in my whole entire life. And to turn that around in 10 years is an extraordinary thing. And I think the main thing that I equipped myself with was I came to a realization of one thing. I thought, you know what? I've lost everything. But when I talk about everything, I want you to think of this. I was speaking about everything materialistically. I'd lost all my material things. <clears throat> Excuse me, all my money, all of my, uh, you know, all the house that I once had that was gone, card being repossessed, towed off down the street. That's the story. Well, you hear that one. Oh, that's another podcast. <laughs> anyway, it's hilarious. Anyway, um, and yeah, but you know what? One day I, I was lying there in this destitute state and I thought, you know what? There's one thing that the bank can't repossess and they haven't repossessed and they will never be able to repossess and that is my health. My health is the one thing that I have got and so many people don't realize that if you've got your health, you've got the greatest stick of wealth that you'll ever, ever have in your whole entire life because without wealth, sorry, without health, um, there's no point being wealthy and there's no point having all these wonderful things if you're lying in hospital uh, with a respiratory system attached to yourself. So you can be the richest man in the hospital, but what's the point of that? You can't buy your health. So I thought if I've got my health, I can rebuild my life and that was my cornerstone to try and, you know, uh, claw my way back to the top. And one thing that I did do with my last $49, you wouldn't believe it, I was in January 2009. I actually, uh, with a couple of dollars, I went and bought a couple of pieces of cardboard and I thought I have to vision board my way back to, I've just got to, I've just got to manifest somehow, I've got to manifest a way back to uh, a happier life and a better life than the one that I've got now. Create the, the vision. Create the vision. But you know, the crazy thing was, uh, ladies, the crazy thing was, I didn't know what my vision was. And to be honest, there's a lot of people out there who really don't know what their vision is. And they think, well, I, people, you know, talk about, oh, if I just won the lottery, if I just won lotto, but they don't know why they'd want to win the lotto. They just have this dream of, well, if I had a million dollars, it would change my life. And that is so not the case. It's mm. not the case. You've got to show the universe what you want. in the, And it doesn't mean a material thing either. It can be a relationship. It can be a new job. It can be so many things non-materialistic, but manifestation is manifestation. So uh, for me, I thought, well, I'd better put a vision board together and start putting some ideas and thoughts to the universe about that. So I did that. I created two boards and uh, put those together. And, and then I also, uh, thankfully at the time, I was aligned with a, a fabulous book, which I refer to as my Bible. And that Bible is called The Wisdom of Florence Goebel Shin. And I'll spell it out for you. It's Florence, F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E, of course. Scoble is S for Sam, C for Charlie, O for ostrich, uh, B for victor, v, uh, victory, victor, <laughs> E for echo, L for Larry, Goble Chin, S H, uh, sorry, S, hang on, S C H I double N. That's it, got it. So okay. the wisdom of Florence Goble Chin. You can go online. You can go on to um, uh, uh, all the book Amazon. It's easy to get. Or you can go into your local bookstore because down here at Rabina, down at uh, Hubert E Books, they actually have it on the shelf down here. And for those of you uh, that haven't heard of Florence, I'll have to tell you guys, do yourself the biggest favor and procure a copy of this wonderful book for yourself. Uh, immerse yourself in its wonderful teachings and it will literally change your life, not might change, will change, provided you read and implement the information that's in that book, as it is with all the information that we learn in life. It's all very good to you know, read something and listen to something and think, oh, wow, that sounds great, that sounds good and blah, blah, blah. But unless we put it into practice, we will never see the fruition of our dreams. Um, so that's what I did. And I started, you know, to, um, started to, you know, wendle my way back into life. I didn't know where I was going. I had no future. I had no direction at that point. I was very lucky that a friend of mine, lent me his old Ford Falcon Ute. Oh, my God, this old Falcon Ute. I was so grateful to have this car. I had 
previously, I'd had no, five or six new Mercedes-Benz cars over the course of 10 years. We did very, very well in business, our previous business. So I was used to picking up a brand new Merc every couple of years and appreciating it. But I've got to tell you, when you lose your car to a repossessor, I'm very proud to tell you this too, guys, because I tell you what, big lessons in this. I know I never ever thought I'd ever say to people, I thought I'd ever, I'd be too embarrassed to share the fact that uh, I have had a car repossessed. But I tell you what, hang your head high. And if, when the, when the storms roll in, they roll in for a reason. There's big lessons attached to it. And that would be a part of my great teaching in the future about the reality of where life, you know, the BS of life, I call it. <laughs> and you know, it's like as if there's, there's good stuff in life, there's BS in life. And I don't buy into the BS anymore. I'm into the real stuff. Now, where the hell am I? Anyway, so, you're in the car. I know, I know. Look, we, were, we were heading up to Cairns for coffee, and I think we're in, we were in Melbourne for dinner, because I don't know where we're going, but anyway, so, so anyway, um, <laughs> you want to do a car journey with me. So anyway, I put this vision board together and started to read my book, and you know what? One day, it was a Monday morning, and it was a glorious day like today. I, like today, um, down here on the Gold Coast, it's a beautiful, bright blue sunny, sunny day, a blue sky sunny day, and it was a wonderful day. And do you know what? I went down to Corumban Beach, and it was a Monday morning, and I lay there on the beach, guys, and do you know what? I howled my eyes out. I had just, uh, was just about to turn 50, and I cried and I cried, and I just thought, I surrendered. I thought, I said to the universe, I've had it. I've, I've just had enough. I can't do this anymore. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I want to do. I just, I, I'm just over this. And I cried and I cried, and I was such a mess. And you know what? A little, a little, a little vision came into my head. It was like a little message, and I saw an image of a tiny little flame on a on a birthday candle, like a birthday cake, a tiny little birthday candle as a flame. And I thought, what's this? And the message just said, "Keep your eye on the flame. It's going to turn into a bushfire." And I laughed. I thought, my God, well, take me to a servo so I can throw it in some petrol now because I just need this thing to explode now. But I didn't know what it meant. What? A birthday candle? It's going to turn into a bushfire? What the hell? I didn't think much of it. And I'm cutting a very long story short here. I mean, there's much more detail, but I don't want to bore you too much. But suffice to say that uh, around about a week later, a very dear friend of mine who had uh, put me up to help me out for a little while, she sat me down and she said, listen, she said, do you still do those flower readings that you told me about? I said, oh, darling, I, I haven't done flower readings for such a long time. I said, to be honest with you, sweetie, I said, I think the bank repossessed that gift as well. I said, I've got nothing left. I said, it's all gone. I said, I don't think I may had a bit of a laugh. And they said, oh, she's had a laugh. She said, don't be silly. She said, you know what, honey? She said, how about, I was telling a few girlfriends of mine that you read flowers for, you know, not for a living, but uh, you read flowers. Um, why don't I get a few girls together and, had some fun. And she said, and fuss, and put a few dollars in your pocket because you're poor devil, you've got nothing. And I said, well, okay. So begrudgingly, it was a Thursday night and she invited about eight or nine of her girlfriends over and we sat down. I was so nervous. I was so despondent. I thought, oh, why are you here, ladies? This is not going to work. You know, I haven't done this for so long and I was so, at that point, so disconnected, well, not disconnected, but so unaware of where my path was in journey because I'd lost myself in myself. So long story short, at the end of the night, I tell you what, I opened up and this torrent of information came through from where, God knows where, but this source I connected into some knowing energy that was out there and blew myself away, blew the ladies away. And three of the ladies said, oh my God, that was the most extraordinary experience. Do you have a card? And I said, no, I don't have a card. God, no, I don't have a card at all. And, uh, and they said, well, look, um, if we get a few friends together, could you come to our place and do some flower readings for our friends. And I said, oh, well, if you want me to. And Diana looked at me and winked. And I said, oh, okay, if you like. Do you know what, guys? Do you know what? That was, that was 10 years ago. And that was one Thursday night. I sat down there in Diana's lounge room with eight or nine people and did a flower reading. And do you know what? I have not stopped working since that night. Amazing. I have not stopped working. And mm. in, I mean, I don't keep track of the exact numbers, but uh, I would have, uh, in the last 10 years, I've, I guess I've conducted somewhere in the region of 16,000 flower readings from that one night. That's extraordinary. So that, There's your bushfire. <laughs> that's the bushfire. That's yeah. it, darling. That's the bushfire. So Diana was the match that struck the first little flame that turned into a bushfire. And thankfully, uh, Diana is still one of my very dearest friends to this day, and she just... 
she is in awe because she has seen me from day one. She was there from day one. In fact, she was the one who, I always say, honey, you're the latest that, uh, that uh, started the bushfire. <laughs> so um, it's just extraordinary. And anyway, long story short, that's what led me into my path. Um, as you can appreciate with the enormous number of people that I've met and worked with over the last uh, decade, I have met, oh my gosh, I, I travel the length and breadth of Australia. I travel extensively. I've got uh, large networks all across the nation now. I can pretty much, you know, quite happily and very humbly say that I can almost land in any major capital city and make a couple of phone calls. I've got people who I can catch up with for lunch, dinner, grab a bed, catch up, and they can put me in front of some people. I just know people everywhere. So it's wonderful and it continues to grow. And I mean, look how um, you and I met, the ladies, you know, um, mm. Bindi and Amanda. Look, you know, it's all through the network and who. Who knows who, and it's all word of mouth. And you just have to have, I suppose, a big message for all of our beautiful listeners today, guys, is don't ever give up your faith. Whatever your faith is, have faith that there is a massive, massive energy out there, a, 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 a spiritual connection out there that is there to support you and nurture you. So faith and trust. And as I said, I don't care whether it's God, Jehovah, Buddha, uh, Allah, I, I, or, or whatever your deity is that you wish to uh, follow and um, you know align with, just follow that because that's what's going to make it for you. And oh my gosh, there's so much I can tell you. My head's just filled with so much information, and I just want to go. Blah, 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 blah. I'm here for another hour, but um, but you know, at the end of the day, the main thing for me that uh, that brought me to the point that I'm at now with all the things that have manifested over the last 10 years, I look back over my shoulder and think, oh my God, I met that person who introduced me to that person and look what happened there and look what happened there. You see the pattern. Now, any one of us can see that in life. When we look back, I mean, I often say to people, if you want a glimpse of your future, have a look back at your past and see where the universe has stepped in and subtly supported you, guided you and Oh, isn't it funny that you meant that you met that person and in a coffee shop and a quick conversation led you to meet someone else who then offered you an opportunity, a business or a job and changed the course of your life. You know, these beautiful, subtle things that come in and they're just under they're just under our nose and we don't pay credence to it. But if when you are when you are open well not much open, but when you are aware of these little things and all the things that come in around you, my God, you know, it makes a huge difference. I guess at this point I'll stop and ask you, ladies, if you've got any questions. You're like, I'm just wobbling. I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely right. That connection web of energy that you're just talking about, I'm sitting here reflecting as I'm listening to you and I look at I was following somebody on social media and I thought I need to meet that woman. So I made that happen. I went and met her. Through her I met Bindi. And then That's right. that changed my life because then Bindi helped me with the podcast and all of that sort of thing. And then, you know, two months ago I was at home and I was like, okay, what do I need to do? What's something that can come through? And I thought of you, David. And it was like, yep. oh, okay, I need to book a flower party. I'm not sure why, oh, wow. but I'm going to say yes to that. So I organised that through your beautiful um, – yep administration ladies and brought all of that together and I thought I'm really still not sure why I'm doing this but I trust it so I did it and then you met Bindi and then we now have this whole new web of you know Mm. connection and extraordinary things happening just through these little it's like oh I'll just do that and then it explodes into something mm, quite extraordinary yeah it's it's beautiful and the crazy it is, it is beautiful, honey. And, you know, the crazy thing is, too, as I said to both of you, only well, possibly not even two weeks before I met Bindi met and came up to your place, Amanda, I put a little post out on Facebook saying this year is going to be my year of teaching. I'm going to be cutting back a little bit on my readings and devoting a couple of nights a week to teaching and online, uh, and not online, but, but uh, teaching and, um, uh, and mentoring. And then two weeks later, wow. Who do I meet? Bindi. <laughs> and Bindi says, you know, let's uh, get uh, your all your work online and podcasts and meeting you, Amanda, and being so beautifully um, and humbly invited to be a part of today, of your podcast. So, you know, this is why I say to people, never, never 
worry or be concerned about your future when you have when your faith is so strong and so rock solid. You know what? Just know, just know. I was, we call it the surrendering process yeah. or the handing out. Just surrender. Surrender to the universe. I just hand it over. If something seems too overwhelming and too big for me, it's like, you know what? I can't handle this. Um, Mr. Man upstairs or Miss Lady upstairs or, you know, I don't even refer to her that. I always say divine creator. Yes. My divine creator, you know, is always in charge and I'm a part of that. And, you know, I have this feeling that when I hand it over, it's like, oh, that's a weight off my shoulders now. Even though nothing there in front of you has happened, it's like, well, nothing's happened. You know, it doesn't change. But then subtly you will meet someone. Yes. And, you know, it's just like, oh, that day I went up to your place, Amanda, to, to do the party. You know, we had a great night. Wasn't it a fun night? It was fantastic. Was fun and fun. <laughs> and it you was blew away everybody with the information. They were like, oh, my God. Someone said to me, you didn't tell him who we were before we came, did you? I said, he had no idea who any of you were at all. No. And she's like, oh, my and on, God. And on top yeah. of that too, even if you did, honey, how could that work? Because I don't know mm. whose flower it is. Exactly. You know, and that's what people go, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, because your eyes are closed. Yeah. Yeah, and the, but the point I was going to make is that the last, this is why I love surprises because we had a fabulous night, but I didn't realise that I was going to meet Bindi. No, so that's So the universe right. said, well, you're about to meet someone who's going to change the course of your life now. And the universe said to me, you need to set this up because this needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, yeah. like you say, surrendered and went, okay, I'll do that. I'm not sure why I'm doing it, but. And I just rocked up going, a, a flower reading? A what the? And, yeah, and it's on drugs. <laughs> it, was, it was the most incredible experience I think I've ever had. Like you were bang on with everything. Wow. And, yeah, I'm, I'm in that, you know, striking a match and that fire's taken off. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that was so funny that you mentioned that the other day about striking a match. I know. Oh, my God. Because that was because you didn't know about my little flame story, no. my little birthday. No, that's right. I thought, oh, my God. I forgot to tell you that the other day, but it was just wonderful. Mm. So, um, but anyway, it's um, it's led me to where you know I am today. Um, I've got certain you know techniques, strategies, energies that I align with, and I know you asked me earlier, how do I keep my energy up? Well, do you know what? Uh, one thing I'm going to happily tell you, ladies, and all your beautiful listeners out there. I am human. Contrary to popular belief, I am human. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am human, which means I have my good – no, we don't have good days, bad days, but I have my days when I'm pretty much up there. But if I have a quiet day, I never try to, um, you know, uh, brush it under the, under the carpet. Hey, just go with it. But I'm so happy to say that my energy, my good days are way up there, way more than any of my – you know, my little um, sort of quieter days. I like to call them quieter days. I don't really have bad days, but it's just the fact of, you know, you've just got to be mindful of your energy. And one thing I always say to people, and I and look, I might be telling you things, uh, our beautiful listeners, that you may have heard before, because at the end of the day, you know, information is information and truth is truth and spiritual law is spiritual law. But I will tell you this, you know, our energy is something that we must pay attention to in the sense of our vibration. So, you know, I always say to people, you know, most people have heard of uh, MYOB, which simply stands for Mind Your Own Business. Well, I always refer to MYOV, V for Victory, which simply stands for, for Mind Your Own Vibration, which simply means wait, how do you feel today? Are you good? Are you dancing on the ceiling? Are you, you know, lay out flat on the ground? Are you somewhere in between? Are you despondent? Are you happy? Whatever it is, just bring your attention to your vibration because what your vibration is, is what you are attracting into your life. And that is end of story, really. And you know what? The universe doesn't discern whether someone's good or bad. Oh, but he's a bad person. He's a good person. She's a bad person. She's a, you know, good person. It doesn't, it's got nothing to do with how good or bad someone is. It's strictly about your vibration. And when we pay attention to our vibration, it's like, you know what? I'm vibing pretty damn good at the moment. And when you're vibing pretty damn good, guess what? Pretty damn good things happen to you and pretty good damn good invitations come and you bump into pretty good damn people. But when life is, um, you know, uh, turned to custard and things aren't so good, you know, it's very hard to attract and be in that vibration to, to bring into your life what you want to bring into your life. And it's something that I've learned. Um, it is a process. It's a process of time. 
and I always refer to it as divine time. So even though I very, you know, proudly refer to myself as a wonderful manifester because I look over my last 10 years and think, my God, look what I've manifested. And I'm continuing to manifest. Extraordinary. I mean, look at you, Bindi. I've manifested you. And Amanda, I've manifested. And, and, and also, too, Amanda, I manifested you, honey, because you are the essential link to, uh, Belinda, to Belinda, to Bindi yeah. for me. Yeah. You understand? Yes. So I, nothing is lost on me. So even when we talk about manifesting, it's not just about things. It's about people and connections. We were and talking exactly it, about that in our last episode. <laughs> yeah, yep. Exactly. And you know what? Yep. Now, you know what's really freaky? Oh, my God. If you – and don't just take my word for this because you can check it out. You go back onto my previous post that I posted a week or so before I met you, um, came up that night and met you guys. Can, can you remember reading my daily mantra? No, I'm sorry. Now, okay, well, I'll tell you what my daily mantra is because it was in my Facebook post just before I met you, Bindi, right. and guess what it is? What's this that? is my daily mantra, guys. And listen, I'll, I'll say, listen, I was just going to say to our dear <laughs> listeners, if you, now listen here, now listen here. Now, if any of you, if any of our listeners out there and you ladies, if you'd like to record this down, you are welcome to use this daily mantra because it works. It works a charm. And guess what it is? Here we go. The people, the events, and the opportunities necessary for me to fulfill my mission here on planet Earth will always manifest at the divinely perfect time. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's Amen. my daily mantra. We're going to put that's that it. in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. So they that's can right. get yep. it from there. The that's people, beautiful. the events and the opportunities necessary to fulfill my mission here on planet Earth will always manifest at the divinely perfect time. So what I'm saying in that mantra is who I'm meant to meet, where, when and why to fulfill my mission, I'll meet them when I'm meant to. Guess what? Two weeks later, I'll meet you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. And, and, and it's wonderful. And to me, that, that mantra encapsulates everything. It's just like, you know what, oh, who I'm meant to meet, when, where and why, it will, it will be divinely timed. So I'm not going to stress about it because I'll line up at the right time. And in the meantime, you just keep living your best life possible if you can. That's fantastic. I think that's really great for people to hear that because it takes the stress off you too. So you're not really trying oh, to force things to happen. You just you you're surrender releasing. and you're just like, okay, this is going to happen when when it's sent to me. Mm. I love that's that. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is, ladies. And you know what? The other thing too, I always say to people, don't force the envelope. Don't push, 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 push. You know what? Set your intention to the universe because so many people say, oh, look, I wrote my list out. I've done my vision board. I waited till next Thursday. It hasn't happened. <laughs> you know, like, it, just, it, takes, it takes divine time. Now, when we say divine time, divine time doesn't automatically mean, well, you've got to wait five years. <laughs> divine time could be tomorrow. You may have something down there and you might say, oh, wow, I would love to have a new job by Christmas time. I'd love to meet a new partner by Christmas time. I'd love to build a new house by Christmas time. Well, uh, I always say to people, always know it's the, it will be you. It will come your way in divine time. And some people go, oh yeah, that'd be right. It means I've got to wait longer. I said, no, 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 no. If you set the intention of the universe, when the when the universe deems that it's your divine time and right to receive that that you so desire, it will appear on your doorstep, and that could be tomorrow. So you mm-hmm. might it's happened to me. It's actually come quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that yes. people automatically think, oh well, if I put a time frame on it, it means I've got to wait longer. Sometimes it can be longer, and to be honest, guys, sometimes it may never be because it may be not in divine alignment with what your what your mission and purpose is. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't mean that everything that you desire is going to come your way. I mean, you could have in your vision board a picture of Buckingham Palace. Well, you know damn well that you'll, you'll never say, well, the divine says, well, you'll be able to move in and take over and ownership one day. You know, I'd love to own Buckingham Palace. Well, that's an impossibility, but what you could put, you could put that or you could put its divine equivalent. Yeah. You know, so, so, I mean, it's endless. I mean, the whole manifestation stuff is endless. And I've really explored this in such an enormous way over the last 10 years and I'm continuing to do so. And I'm always refining new ways in which I can uh, implement and have fun with it. And I, I take, um, you know, I get involved in little processes and little um, exercises for myself and think, oh, wow. You know what? I mean, honestly, I would be sitting here for another hour to tell you the stuff that has manifested even in the last four or five years in my life. It is mind-blowing. And, you know, here I am uh, or knocking on the door. I turned the big six over this year. I'm 60 this year, and I feel like I'm 40, you know. In fact, 
I love saying to people, I'm only 28, but I've just been to a couple of bloody good parties. <laughs> 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 I've got grey hair. The drugs were good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, so it's all about your attitude. And, you know, I've got to be honest with you. Age is, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that age has never been age has never bothered me. And I don't care how old I am because I still feel the same. You know, um, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's all about your attitude. The attitude is so much, you know what I mean? Look, and if you, and if people really want to try, if people want to work on improving their attitude or their vibration or their goodness, oh, that's, I, I should call, I, I should write a book called The Book of Goodness because <laughs> it's about our goodness. You know, we are all goodness. We have goodness within us and we have goodness. We are living beings of goodness and we can do good things for good people and, you know what, we, we, the goodness is inherent within every human soul, you know, the goodness. And, I mean, yeah, sure, there's awful people out there, horrible people and people who want to cause dramas and problems. And you know, But you know what, honestly, if you really, really look into the, to the deepest part of their soul, there's a, there's a seed of goodness within every soul, and, uh, and that's how it is. So I just try to bring my focus into the goodness that I am, the goodness that I have, and I always refer to my wallet, and I, you know, we've all got a wallet, I've got a wallet, and I thought, you know, we'd like to think it's always filled with cash. Well, I've got two wallets. I've got a wallet there to carry my cash, not that I carry a lot of cash, but I've also got a wallet that's overflowing with the most important currency that I've ever had in my life, and that is the currency of kindness. I want to have a wallet. I refer to it as my, my currency of kindness wallet, and you know what? I can always open that wallet, and there's plenty of kindness to share with everyone, and it's like if I give it out in what, sometimes I give it out in what, sometimes a bit here and a bit there, but as much as I can, I think, ah, be a bit kind to that person. It can be the most menial little thing. Just smile, open up the door for someone. Hey, there, are you walking in front of me? It's a little bit of kindness. You know what it, it takes? It costs nothing. And yet this kindness, attitude and vibration, it changes you. It changes your vibe and it changes the way people react to you and with you. And then little things subtly start to come your way and improve your lot in life. And people then look at you and go, look at you, look at your life, look what you've done, look what you're doing. Mm. And not just in yeah. material things like I keep reiterating, it's just the goodness of how did you meet that person? Where, oh, my God, the stories I can tell you about who I met at air, who I've been meeting at airports. And, um, you know, like it's. Oh, it's crazy. Jeez, we need to talk. <laughs> I've got so many stories. I've got so many stories. You, you do realise what this podcast is called, don't you, Dave? In kindness. <laughs> In kindness always. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? Can I just share one story with you? Absolutely. Go. Please do. Right. You need, everyone needs to hear this story. I'm, I've got a million of them and if anyone. Uh, isn't bored with me, but you might want to listen in the future. But I'll tell you this one story. This is an attitude that everyone has the opportunity to take aboard. Now, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what happened to me. This true story, you, you're going to love it. And this is going to be one of my big, uh, one of my big lessons here in the future about who we manifest and why. And remember how I said the people, the events and opportunities necessary, blah, blah, blah. Remember that? Absolutely. Well, guess what? I met, yep, I met, I met, I met uh, you ladies the other day. Well, do you know what? Six years ago, oh my God, you are going to love this story. Six years ago, it was just a nondescript day, just a normal day. I was sitting here and I thought, oh, I might go down the street and get a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk for lunch. So I got out of the car, came down here to Ravina, and I thought, well, I walk into Woolies and I go and get a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk. Little did I realise that my life was about to change so dramatically. And as I walked towards Woolies, I walked past the travel agent. And in the window of the travel agent was a huge, big cruise ship in the window, picture of a cruise ship. And I walked past. I thought, I want to go on that. <laughs> so I just turned around and walked into the travel agent, sat down, and uh, the lady said, can I help you? I said, yeah, that cruise ship in the window, I want to go on that. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, do you have a cruise on that in August? This was back in, this was in the month of May. And she looked on the thing. She said, yeah, there's two cruises in, in August. I said, have you got one there for about eight, ten days? She said, there's one here for 10 days. She said, good, put me on it, please. Does it go around the South Pacific? She said, yes, it does. I said, great. How much deposit do you need? And she said, $200. I opened up my wallet. How much was in there? $200 to the cent. I said, look at that. I meant to go on the cruise. And I paid her the $200, and I gave her my name and phone number and address. And she's typing away, and she said, Mr. Laws, do you even know where the cruise is going? I said, no. <laughs> I, said, I haven't got a clue. But I said, I just want to go on the cruise. I said, I was just going to get a bottle of milk and a loaf of bread for lunch, and here I am going on a South Pacific cruise. 
I love to live life spontaneously sometimes. And she said, I love your attitude. She said, I wish every client I had was like you, just walk in, plonk down and say, $200, book me, see you later. <laughs> so I went and booked the cruise and I got up, thanked her very much and she gave me the receipt. She said, we'll email you all the cruise details and this is when you pay the cruise off and blah, 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 have a lovely time. So I went and got the loaf of bread and the bottle of milk. And then as I got in the car to go home, I rang a girlfriend of mine in Brisbane and I said, honey, guess what I've just done? And she said, what? And I told her what I'd done. She said, David, you're bloody crazy. I said, honey, I am. You know that. But you know what? They've been crazy at. And she said, what? I said, you're coming with me. She said, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. I said, here's the number of the travel agent. Give the lady a ring. Tell her that you're going on a cruise with me and book the ticket. And I thought, well, she won't. Ten minutes later, she rings me and she's shrieking. She said, guess what? I've booked the cruise. I'm coming with you. I said, you are not. She said, I am. And I said, have you told your husband? She said, yeah, I told my husband. And she said, honey, I'm going on a cruise with Dave. He shook the newspaper. He said, oh, good on you, love. I'll drop you at the wall. (laughs) 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 And she said to me, David, this is insane. She said, I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm I'm 50. I'm 50. (laughs) I'm 57 years old. I'm sorry, I've got a gorgeous little girl just tapping on my shoulder wanting to join the conversation. I'm in a shopping centre. <laughs> anyway, see, I'm manifesting kids now. That's great. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, and Diana said, darling, I'm 57. I've never had a passport in my life. And she burst into tears. And I said, oh, my God, we're going to have – oh, you'll be coming with me and you'll see your first overseas country with me. So that was that. So guess what? That was all exciting. I put the story up on Facebook. I had all these inquiries from people saying, can we come with you? So there was 10 of us went away <laughs> on this cruise, all because I went down the street to get a loaf, a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk. Now, as we cruised out of Sydney Harbour on the 6th of August, 2013, I think it was, um, we were all, we all drinking uh, mojito cocktails. We are all doing conga dance lines around the ship as all the music was playing. As we cruised out of the harbour, everyone said, oh, my God, David, I can't believe that this has all come about because of that. I said, you know what, you've got to live your life spontaneously because you never know where it's going to take you. So here, that's the first part of the crazy cruise that we did, which is incidentally happened to be one of the most fantastic holidays I've ever had in our, our lives. We all loved it. You won't believe what happened on the very last night of the cruise. Oh, my freaking God, this is just so exciting. We all finished dinner and uh, we, uh, we, everyone, we, throughout the cruise we all had different we, all, we didn't always stick together. Everyone did their own thing. But on the last night, we all got together to have one final dinner together. When dinner was finished, we all agreed that we'd go downstairs to the bar and just have a last drink and celebrate the wonderful holiday we just had. So we all went back to the ca- our cabins to freshen up and I went down to the bar and I was the first of our crowd to get back down to the bar. Now, this uh, was around about 8 o'clock, I guess, and I went up to the bar, grabbed a glass of red wine, and I'm wandering through the bar looking for a chair, and there was only one empty seat. The bar was packed except for one empty seat. And as I walked up, wandering around, the guy who was sitting next to the empty seat had his arm around his uh, his wife's girlfriend, and he looked at me and he winked, and he said, G'day, bloke. And I said, G'day, bloke. <laughs> and he said, You're after a chair. I said, Yes, I am. And he said, Mate, there's no one sitting here. I said, You sure? He said, No, I'm coming from down here. So I plonked down. He said, How you going, bloke? I said, I'm bloke. I'm bloody good, thanks. And I shook his hand. I said, well, I'm David. He said, oh, my name's Scott. And he said, this is my partner, Kerry. I said, oh, hi, Kerry. And Kerry was sitting there chatting to another bunch of ladies. Well, we got chatting. So long story short, I said, where are you from? And he said, we're from Tasmania. I said, wow. I said, I've never been to Tassie. And I said, uh, I don't think I've even really met a Tasmanian. And he said, oh, well, he said, you know, he said, he said look at the shoulder. There's no scar there. He said, <laughs> he said, I said, really? So we had a bit of a laugh and a giggle. I said, mate, what do you do? He said, mate, I'm one of Australia's um, potato specialists. I'm a potato farmer. And he said, all of our potatoes go to McDonald's. They're fries. I said, wow. So being the person I am, I always like to talk to people about them and what they do and engage them with that. And we did that for about 10 minutes, I guess. And then he turned to me and he said, Dave, enough about me. What about you? Where do you live? What do you do? And when I told him, I thought, this will be a conversation killer. I'm a gay flower man, for God's sake. So I said, he said, a flower man, are you a florist? I said, no. I said, mate, I'm a professional psychic. Well, he nearly fell off the chair. He said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, why? He said, Kerry and I love all that stuff. I said, really? He said, we're right into Abraham and Esther, Esther Hicks. And I went, oh, my God. Well, guess what? All of my crowd eventually arrived, and we're all sitting in the bar, standing in the bar, standing, drinking and chatting away. Scotty and Kerry and I 
fell into this amazing conversation. And would you believe that at 2.30 in the morning, everyone had gone back to the cabin to uh, go to bed? We were still sitting there chatting away at 2.30 in the morning, and at 5.30, the ship sailed back into Sydney. And I said, listen, guys, at 5.30, how about we just whip upstairs, grab a quick shut-eye, and I'll meet you up on deck. We'll do the sailing through Sydney Heads together at sunrise. They said, great. So we did that, and when we disembarked at Circular Quay, the three of us hugged each other, and you know what Scotty and Kerry said? They said, Dave, when can you come down to Patty? We're going to line some people up for you to do your work because you so need to come down, and we would love to have someone like you down there. We don't have anyone like you that ever comes down to visit our part of the world. So, long story short, a plan was hatched, and for the first time in my life, I flew down to Tasmania to Scotty and Kerry's magnificent home in a beautiful little seaside village called Penguin in northwest Tasmania, and they hosted two flower reading parties for me. Now, this is going back about five years now. Can you believe, guys, as a result of me accepting Scott's invitation to sit down on an empty chair beside him in a packed bar on the last night of a cruise ship has now led to me reading for hundreds and hundreds of people in Tasmania. I have met all these new, amazing new friends in Tasmania who Scott and Kerry don't know because I've met them through people, through people, through people. The last time I was down there, I did 11 shows in 12 days. And Tasmania has completely opened up for me, all as a result of me choosing to go down the street to buy a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk and spontaneously booking a cruise, not realising that I would meet Scotty and Kerry, who would then change the course of my life and open up the entire state of Tasmania for me. There you go. Incredible. That's extraordinary manifestation. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I've got another six stories. Do you want to hear them? I'm so, sure everyone you know, would love to hear more stories. <laughs> I know. You, well, you'll be hearing. You'll be hearing. I have got so many of those stories, and they're all true life stories. They've all happened to me, and anyone can meet these people, and they can verify everything I'm telling you is so true. And that's why I have so, I have so, well, I, I don't have any doubt about the universe or the support that comes in around me because you know what, everything is in divine alignment. It's all coming together just yeah. as is meant to be, and uh, I'm actually heading down to Tassie next month because I'm uh, booked down there. I'm going down there for another 12 days at the end of March, as I always do. I head down to Tassie in March and November every year now. And, and, and excitingly, we're just about, on Monday, we're about to launch our retreat where Scotty, Kerry and I are doing a um, five-day retreat down there. So uh, wait till you see what that entails. It's going to be so exciting. So we're, we're, I've got a conference call with them this afternoon and we're uh, releasing it to the public on Monday. So the three of us are going to be teaching together. Wow. Mm. I can't wait to hear about all of that when it comes about. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I'm incidentally, uh, Scotty's a potato farmer. Scotty and Terry are both vegans, and uh, they actually conduct cooking classes in their magnificent home, and uh, they take people on journeys of um, uh, all the physical stuff. And um, Kerry is a spiritual coach. How about that? So, yeah, we're all meant to meet. And you've got me a seat booked, right? (laughs) <laughs> of course, honey. Of course. That's right. Business class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's only two classes in life, honey. There's business class and no bloody class. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I don't like to travel no bloody class. So anyway, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, so, you know, and that's when all these little things, I mean, that story of, you know, spontaneously booking a cruise and then... Uh, um, you know, through faith, meeting Scotty and Kerry on the very last night of the cruise. We didn't even see each other for the rest of the cruise. And just that divine slice of faith and time and being in the right place at the right time. And Scotty just turned around and looked at me and said, mate, just take a seat. You want a seat? I said, yeah. And now, the point I'm making there is how many people say, oh, no, I'm right, thanks, mate. Yeah. And just walk past. Yeah. Not take that seat. And you know what? Look, if I'd have said, oh, mate, thanks, no, I'm waiting for the rest of my crowd. If I'd have dismissed that, what I just wouldn't have what I've got today down there in Tassie. Mm. Yeah, all those beautiful it's, friendships and connections. All and, those beautiful yeah. friends and connections, and you know, I, oh my God, it's it, it's overwhelming. It, it it leaves me speechless in awe. Sometimes it really does. Anyway, thank you for sharing right. that. That's an that's an extraordinary story. Yeah. That's uh, everyone's going to be it going is. to get bread and milk now. <laughs> I know, I know. Look and out, look, travel agents. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And look, honestly, I'm, I'll, I'll be chatting about things like how to live your life spontaneously, or not so much how, but the importance of living your life spontaneously. 
you know, oh, you know, not all the time, but every now and again, just do something crazy, do something nuts, and do something that you normally wouldn't do. Look, it's I just, off the top of my head, blow it. I'm just going to go down the street and book a trip, or I'm just going to do this or do that. And you just don't know, you don't know where it's going to lead you. Yeah, I, I did a meditation, and I was like, I really want to be invited on a podcast because I've been thinking about podcasting for so long. And just the production and everything of it sort of overwhelmed me. And then I just did a meditation. I thought I'd really love to be invited on a podcast. I don't want to have to apply and do any of that. Yep. I just want to be invited. And Bindi sent me an Im- an invitation that afternoon saying, hi, Amanda, how would you like to be a guest on this podcast? And that's how I met Bindi. <laughs> Just there by you saying, go, just, yeah, it was extraordinary, and I was like, "Oh, that was good." And then the no, next day, I, the next day, I thought, "I really like to do some something with a group of people." And then I yeah. got somebody message me that runs a massive big expo here in Queensland, and said, "Amanda, would you like to come along and do something?" Blah blah blah, and they. She doesn't normally message people. She's like, I don't normally do this. And I was like, two days in a row, I got it straight away. Yep. See, I, mean, I know. See, it, that's it's just it. beautiful. That's it. And it is, honey. And once, um, it's so true because once you get into that vibe of attraction and that, that energy it's, and you see the results, you think, oh, my God, and it just perpetuates more. You know, that's why, you know, what you are and what you think you'll get more of and be more of. And that's why, you know, when some people say, oh, it'd be just my luck for that to happen to me. Everything crap happens to me. Well, guess what? They're expecting it. So, of course, it's yeah. going to happen to them. It's what your Whereas, vibration you know, is, isn't it? What's your, what's your vibe? What's yeah. your vibe? Your vibe attracts your tribe. You, we've all heard that. And your vibe attracts who you are. And, and the universe can only bring you what you are and who you are. It can't bring you something that you're not. You know, it's as simple as that. So, if it is uh, whatever it is or whoever it is that you want to bring into your life, you align yourself in that vibe and just and try to, you know, remember to focus on on being in that in that energy as much as you possibly can. As I said, I'm human like anyone else and sometimes you might have a bit of a down day or it might feel tired or worn out or what have you. Look, you know what, just go with it. Don't fight it, just go with it. But just be mindful of the fact that if I dwell here too long, it's not going to change anything, so I might as well try and pick up my game and you know, or, or ring a friend or go out and meet someone who you know is going to pick you up or pick up a book or just think, oh, you know, I need a bit of a pick-up or a pep-up or you think, oh, look, I know a crazy mad friend who uh, will always have me in fits of laughter so I'll give him or her a ring and ask him if I can pop around for coffee or something like that. Just little things like that can really help change your way or people who you like to be with. You know, that, that person makes me feel good about me. And I always ask people, who are your cheerleaders? Who are, there to, who are the people there that are there to cheer you on? You know, you don't want people who are going to pull you down and tear you down and say, oh, God, I told you that wouldn't work and, you know, you told you not to waste your time with that. This is going to pull you down. You need people who are going to cheerlead you on and often refer to, to uh, some, when I chat to some people, I'll refer to them as a, um, a board of directors. Do you have a board of directors? Do you have two or three or four people on your board of directors? And you can actually say to someone, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm setting up a little private board of directors and I'd like you to be on my little board of directors. Would you mind? And if, would you mind if I just confer with you every once in a while to get some feedback about my life? And you can be on their board of directors. It's like your cheerleading team, you know. So many of us cheerlead other people, but who cheerleads us? You know, and luckily, happily, some people do cheerlead us and that's great. But always make sure that, you know, I, and it's funny, I mean, as, the same as you ladies too. I mean, and as you can appreciate with me, I know an enormous amount of people. But be that as it may, I still have my own private little group of cheerleaders. You can't have 100 people sitting on your board of directors mm. in your private life. You can't. It always comes down to just a core little group of people that you rely on. You think, you know what, they've got my back and I've got their back and that's all that matters. That's it. I don't know, guys. I'm sensing a theme that the universe is using me as a tool. <laughs> You are sorry? I, I was just joking. I think the universe is using me as a tool to, like, connect people. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, the universe reckons I am a tool, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get used to my sense of humour through the course of time. But you know what? Even if they think I'm a tool, I get used to it as well. I'll go with it. <laughs> it'll work. It'll, work. it'll lead to something. But in all seriousness, and, that, and look, there goes another story. Humour. Oh, my God, guys. Never lose your sense of humour. 
you know, when I lost everything, I didn't lose my humour. Thank God for that. There was one thing. Even when, look, I was, there was times there and I cried and uh, got despondent and I'd given up hope and everything else. But I thank God I still possess my sense of humour. And the, my sense of humour is what saved me. It saved me. You know, you just think, God Almighty. You've got you've to try to look at the funny the funny things in the most dire of circumstances, which is not always easy, let me tell you. And I don't mean that in the sense of like some tragedies. I mean, that's, that's a separate thing. But, you know, when the chips are down and when the rain sets in, try and think to yourself, well, what can I, what can I find to put a smile on my dial? And just to give you a quick snapshot, uh, was the day my car was repossessed. Oh, my God. You know, it was really quite funny because um, I, Lisa and I had a number of beautiful luxury cars over the course of years that we had attached to our business. And the last one we had, was a lovely silver Mercedes-Benz that we'd purchased new, and we'd owned it for about two or three years, but over the course of that, the ensuing two to three years, everything went bad with the business, and uh, we lost the car. And it was so, so funny, because when the, the guy came to pick up the car, and I've got to tell you this too, because it's about your attitude. This guy rang up the day before, and he said, look, mate, uh, the towie will be there in the morning to pick your car up at 10 o'clock. Please have it ready. I said, yeah, no problem. So I got up in the morning, and I washed the car and I made sure the service books were in the glove box and I wiped it down and vacuumed it and it was all thick and span and nice and the towie pulled up at 10 o'clock and, and amazingly, this fellow's name was David. And of course, being a typical towie, hey, you going, mate? And I said, oh, good, mate. I said, look, you know, the car's over here. I said, I said it's all washed and it's, uh, so I've just, you know, shammied it down. All the service books are inside. I vacuumed it. And he looked at me and said, are you for freaking real? And I said, why? <laughs> he said, when I turn up people to people's houses to pick their car up, he said I'd get threatened with guns, knives, <laughs> and he said they pick their dogs onto me. He said they kick the doors in, the cars trashed. He said they're very angry people. I said, well, mate, you didn't lose the car. I lost the car. I said you're just doing your job to pick the car up. He said I can't believe your attitude. I said, mate, I'm not attached to this. I said I used to think that the big flash cars were important. I said this is just a car to me, and I said it's going. And I said I'm not even attached to it. I said here it goes. He said, bloody hell. And I said, mate, I just made a cup of tea. Do you want a cup? He went, are you for real? I said, yeah. So I made him a cup of tea. And he said, no one in the history of me repossessing a car has ever offered me a cup of coffee. I said, well, here you go. Life, life can change. So we had a quick cup. And he said, mate, I've got to get going. I said, great. Anyway, we hooked the car up on the back of the truck. And you wouldn't believe it. It was so, it was humiliating. Because here's the, here's the murk going up the back of the truck, up on the pill tray. And at that very moment, my next-door neighbour, Susie, came out to water her lawn. I'm thinking, oh, my God, how embarrassing. And she said, oh, hi, Dave. I said, oh, hi, darling. And the car's going up the truck. And she looked at the truck. And I said, oh, look at that. I said, bloody Mercs. I said, they're so unreliable. (laughs) (laughs) And she went, oh, really? I said, yeah, it broke down. (laughs) So anyway, but the funny thing was, the next morning, well, we had no car. We had to go down and get grocery shopping and all that sort of stuff. And it was really funny because – uh, Lisa said, uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to get to the shops? And said, honey, we're going to have to catch a bus. We were penniless broke. We had nothing. We couldn't even afford a car. We had nothing. So she went, what? I said, yeah. And you know what? Uh, the three of us, our daughter and Lisa and I, climbed onto this goddamn bus to go down to Robina to get some groceries. I haven't got a bus since I was, went to school. And it was so humiliating. But you know what? I still found the humor in the situation. <laughs> when we got to Robina, I said to Lisa, I said, do you realize how we got here today? She said, what are you talking about? I said, we actually came down here today in a chauffeur-driven Mercedes. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, the, I said, well, it was. I said, I can actually tell people I was, we were picked up in a chauffeur-driven <laughs> Mercedes today because the Mercedes is the, the bus is the Mercedes and it's the 78 people. It's got a bendy bit in the middle. It's got a driver. It's still a chauffeur-driven Mercedes. <laughs> she said, oh, you bloody idiot. I said, oh, no. I said, I said oh, well, it just sounds impressive. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> Tell them the way you yeah. look at it. That's right. That's right. I said, well, it is, but it's, I just don't tell people they had to bend a bit in the middle and say there's 78 people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about your attitude. So even when the rain sets in, have a laugh if you can and just try and keep yourself up and think, you know what? This, oh, I love these wise words. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. Many people have heard those wise words. No matter how good, bad, or indifferent your life is, trust me, it will pass and you will have another experience of a thought. Nothing ever stays the same. Nothing stays the same, does it? What's that, sorry? Nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same and nothing is meant to stay the same. You know, we're always 
changing and nothing static. That was one of my father's favourite sayings. The thing that you can yep. always count on is change. Mm. That's right, yep. I grew yep. up it's hearing that. It's so Yep, it's mm. the constant of life. It's always change. Yep, nothing stays the same. It would be boring if it did, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, totally. That's right, exactly. It'll be stuck so there you in have the 70s. It, guys. Perfect. I know. Thank you. Oh, it's been an extraordinary journey that you've taken us on. Oh, thank you. And there's been so many pearls that have bubbled up as you've been talking that Amanda and I have been looking at each other going, oh, my God, like we were just talking about that the other day or we did yeah, that. Or, it's just incredible, the alignment. It's insane. Wow. Thank you. Thank well, you so much for giving your time so mm, generously. Thank you. Uh, I know everyone is going to enjoy listening to these extraordinary stories that you've been telling. Oh, thank you, ladies. Well, look, it's been my absolute privilege and uh, honour to be your guest today online and uh, it's it's been such a a fun thing to share a few little pearls of wisdom and some of my stories and, uh, yeah, I hope your listeners do enjoy it and I wish each and every one of them all the very best on their exciting life journey as well because uh, it's... It is, you know, it is what we make it. You know, it's as boring as what we make it or as fun-filled or however you want to make it. You know what? Uh, but the good thing is the universe is waiting to support you and nurture you with whatever that is. Please don't ever think that we are the puppets. The universe is our puppet. The universe can dance to our tune, not the other way around. And so many people think that the universe is the one who stuffs everything up or, you know, controls us. And it's nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. We are the commander of the ship. It's as simple as that. We are the captain. And as soon as we understand that and, understand and work in that vein in that way, that's when the magic really uh, kicks in and starts to happen. Thank you so much Amazing. for sharing that. Thank you. You're very welcome, ladies. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for connecting. To open and explore the gateway to your healing path to kindness, visit inkindnessalways.com.